Welcome everybody to episode 43 of the Neville Watchers podcast. My name is Pete, I am one of your co-hosts, and I am joined by the Neville Watcher himself, and as always, Mr. Kurt Lewin. Hi. Hi Pete, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing very well. Had the day off today, but I'm oh, feeling nice. very tired and drained after four hours on a golf course. So, oh, all right. cool. <laughs> so yeah, putting in the hard yardage before a recording, of course. Are you are you any good at golf? Not particularly. I've only started playing in the last year, so I'm oh, getting better. But mm. it's it was very uh, very oh. wet out there, so the ground was very awkward mm. to play off. So. Uh, not the best round of golf I've ever had, but hey, I'm sure everyone wants to hear riveting tales of my mm-hmm. escapades on the golf course. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Generating excitement. <laughs> yeah, so as, as you can tell, um, yeah, let's, let's get into it. L- yes, let's shout. So... Uh, this time we are covering Moon Knight, the uh, limited series that is on Disney Plus. So um, I'll quickly run through the cast because, not going to lie, it's quite a small cast, and a couple of bits of trivia, and then we'll we'll just crack straight into it. So uh, we've got Oscar Isaac's as Stephen Grant or Mark Spector, or Moon Knight or Mister Knight, whichever one you want to go by. Uh, Ethan Hawke as Arthur Harrow, uh, May. Kalamawi as Layla Al-Fowley uh, I, apologies on the pronunciation and F. Abraham Murray as Konshu so this is directed by Mohamed Diab for four episodes uh, one episode each were um, uh, sorry two episodes were directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead and this was written by Daniel Imam so um just a couple of bits of trivia. So, uh, Ethan Hawke apparently based his character of Arthur Harrow on the religious cult leader, David Koresh, of the Branch Davidians. I can kind of tell that, if I'm honest. Um, so, Oscar Isaacs told Variety in, May, uh, sorry, in March of 2022 that he is not contractually obliged to remain in the MCU after the run of Moon Knight ends. And also, he collected comics as a kid, but he'd never heard of Moon Knight before he was cast. You and me both, buddy. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. So, the first time I'd ever heard about Noon Night was when the trailer had dropped, and um, then I think it was on... I think it was on a mid-phase uh, wrap-up, or on one of the end wrap-ups, we talked to Oodles about Moon Night, and the way he described Moon Night sounded really, really interesting. Uh, so, with that said, what did you think of the series? Absolutely bloody awful. <laughs> uh, you and me both. Uh, this was a slog, and to be honest, this uh, full disclosure: this is the first time that me and you have ever messaged and said we both re- resoundingly hated something before we recorded. It so. was uh, like, as listeners know, I'm not the biggest fan of One Division, and um, I really didn't think it could be worse than that. But this really, oh. this really does. Oh, this one took the biscuit for yeah. the, uh, the the biggest bore fest I think I have ever seen. It's got so much wrong with it. So I think this episode is basically going to be a lot of hate for it. But uh, there is yeah. one. That, so there's one thing I liked about it. I don't know whether you want to go into that now or later, because um, I'll, I'll be honest. If you what if you if you wanted me to go through the plot, 
good luck with that because it, it doesn't make it didn't make any sense to me what um and i'd be I, i'd be struggling uh, I mean, I can remember bits and bobs of it, but it was so nonsensical that I tried to ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> well, so let's yeah. Let's... let's get into the good first before we go okay. absolutely uh, ham on this. Right. So the good is that I actually think um, Oscar Isaac's performance is good. To a certain degree, I would agree with you there. Uh, I think some of his performance is decent, but. I think some of it's a little bit sort of cartoonish, let's say. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, when I say it's good, I was mostly meaning in terms of... Um, he did really portray well two different personalities. Okay, yeah, I agree with you there. The fact that he's got... It's a character with split personality disorder, basically, and actually portrays them as two unique characters, I think is very well done. Yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just shows his acting chops. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm a little bit confused, though. Like, why is Stephen Grant British and Mark Spector is American? I still don't understand that, even when they did try to... Um, explain it towards the end hmm. and also why is there two different versions of Moon Knight or Moon Knight and Mr. Knight based on those two perspectives it's it's confusing to say the least yeah yeah, I don't disagree uh, yeah. and then the other good thing about it I thought was I actually thought episode 5 was the best of them um, because I oh is that the one where they're on the boat yeah, yeah, I did quite like some aspects of that, actually. I had yeah. some issues with it, of course, but um, in terms of plot, it made the most amount of sense. Exactly, it felt, yeah. Like, but yeah, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you on a whole lot here, actually, which is quite weird. And I quite like the whole um, it going back in time to explain his childhood and it touching upon the like the abuse that he suffered at the hands of his mum and why she mm. felt that way um, uh, towards him because yeah, of him I agree. taking his brother into the cave yeah I agree with that aspect like they're um, like when you get it very early on in the series in the first episode with him trying to constantly call his mum you think there is something going on here but you don't expect like fully expect the reveal that they had for that Mm. I saw, I mean, the like her being dead. I did kind of expect it, but I didn't expect her to be the abusive, horrible woman that she was. That was what. That was sort of what was unexpected about it. Yeah. So, um, right. Was there anything else that you particularly liked about this? Um. No. Okay, I will <laughs> highlight one more thing. I think the soundtrack is excellent. So the music itself uh, really captures the feel of like um, the Middle East and um, uh, the, the Arabic culture and stuff like that. And I thought it was it was wonderful. Like it was really really impactful at times as well. Uh, yeah. But you know, I'm uh, gone. And I guess the I do like the idea of this Middle Eastern based superhero because it's um, and I think. I think I read that like Miss Marvel might is like from that 
part of the world as well. Um, I think but, she is, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see a superhero from this uh, from this part of the world and culture. Um, I agree, yeah. But that that's just pretty much surface level stuff. Um, yeah, the actual execution is um, bad, terrible. Yeah, the idea of it, like the Egyptian gods and like. Um, Picking, picking champions so that they can walk the earth continually is a cool idea in premise. Like I like that aspect of it, mm. but yeah, in practicality, they did not deliver on this in any way, shape, or form. It was, uh, it was boring. It was nonsensical. It was, it was not enjoyable even from the first episode. And, no. and I think its biggest problem is it is unbelievably predictable throughout the whole thing as well. Well, I don't, I don't know because cause the the problem the problem I had was that it was just so confusing that that made mm. it boring because you just didn't have a, a clue what was going on, and so uh-huh. I couldn't really predict what was going to happen. But that didn't mean I was interested in what was going to happen. I was right. just kind of, I, I, to totally honest i would have given given up after the second episode if it wasn't for this podcast 100 yeah agreed like i had it not been for this podcast i probably would have given up halfway through episode two but mm. stuck with it like even when we were messaging i think i think at one point like in like not long after we'd recorded the last episode i think we had just started and i think i'd message you saying i've watched the first episode Ugh. and I think you'd said the same thing and then the next time I I spoke to you when I said that I was about four in you were like I still haven't watched the second no I I, like, when, no, I, <laughs> after you messaged me saying you'd watch the first one I'd already yeah. at that point watched first two. Oh yeah yeah sorry. but then you went ahead of me yep yeah and it, it even got to the point where I think you watched the last episode a couple of days ago didn't you yeah I was just like, I'm glad that's over. Yeah, it shows the complete unwillingness to want to watch this. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So what I found confusing was the constant flipping between um, both personalities. It it was never, ever, ever clear to me what was real and what wasn't real. And I don't know whether that was intentional or not. Especially in Mm. the bits where... Um, he goes into the psych- psychiatry ward into um, um, whatever the Ethan Hawke's office. Um, oh, what on? Is that in episode five? I think or that four? I think that begins in four. Yeah, I think it does. Four onwards. It was after he gets shot, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just never clear what was real and what was in his head what was like mystical part of the underworld and and stuff yeah i mean they make that very obvious in the very first episode when he's i think he's getting ridiculed for being chased around the museum like by something but nobody else can see him until someone just so happens to throw water on it it's like okay is this real is this not okay it's real yeah, it's it's a very confusing line, really. That you, I guess, in terms of tone, like, are they trying to give off like more hints than needs to be done? That somewhat this, the main character of Stephen and Mark are like 
unreliable narrators and you can't trust their stories half the time. I don't mm. know if this is supposed to be like an, a- an active choice or whether or not it's just bad storytelling as a result. I thought it was bad storytelling because, like I've said numerous times now, I just didn't, from quite early on, I just didn't have a clue what was going on. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, is it supposed to be an actual choice from the director and the writers as a series, or whether, or whether or not it was just so badly written that it was just, you just don't know whether or not it's supposed to be a choice or whether or not it's just crap. Yeah, and I, I didn't it, understand some of the motives and why they were doing certain things. Those that wasn't explained very well. Not particularly. No, like um, I think. Layla's character is like the only one that has, sort of actually has a motivation. Yeah, she was his uh, wife, ex-wife. Yeah, that it's the it's the ex-wife character, but then it's when obviously you find out throughout the series, like later on in the series, that um, Mark had actually killed her dad. Hmm. So she's the only one that actually has a real stake in this whole thing. Yeah. Right. Um, take nothing away as well. Some of the like, like I said, some of the performances are good. Ethan Hawke's character, I don't know what it is about him. I I know that Ethan Hawke can do a better like do better than this, but he feels so lethargic. Mm. It's like it's so labouring. It's so dull. The delivery is just so unimpactful as well, and it's so disappointing to see. From from an actor like Ethan Hawke. Yeah, it was very one note. Yeah. And it didn't uh, really seem... To say he's supposed to be the villain, it didn't really seem that menacing. No, and this is another problem I've had with like some series, some movies recently, is that it's this blurred line of are they actually a villain or are they supposed to be a sympathetic like bad guy that, you know... You're not supposed to completely hate them like you were back in the day, you know. Mm. It's like, oh, you can kind of see where they're coming from and sort of thing. It was like, nah, I want my villains to be villains, you know. I don't, I, I kind of don't want them to be massively complex characters. I kind of want them to just be evil. Yeah. And in this situation, it was like, okay, well, he once had Conchu, or even though that is up for debate, I do, we don't actually know if that is true. Um, and he got screwed over by them and now wants revenge. It's like, yeah, as basic as they come, but not really sort of, not really playing into an actor's main strength of being able to convey a a decent villain, let's say, because he's done it before. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I've got more ish. I've got so many more issues with this. Yeah, the what? What was the name of the Egyptian god that? Um, was in like in control of um, Mark. Oh, it's a uh, Conchu. Conchu. Yeah. I had a problem with that character as well. Like, so it's an Egyptian god, but for some reason it talks as if it was born in like the year twenty twenty two. Yep. And acts like that as well. Uh, yeah been around for like multiple thousands of years and probably inhabited so many other like other champions it's like okay yeah it's 
so but the other that, Egyptian gods are like what you'd expect an Egyptian god to be like, and how they talk. Oh, are, are you talking about the scene where they're um, where they all meet and in the pyramid itself for the um, where Conchu gets locked away? No, because in that scene they are. I can I can forgive them then because they are in their um, um, like the host. Yeah, the a body who they've taken over. Yeah, um, I mean, so you've got the, you've got, uh, what is what is it? Sorry, Conchu. Uh, Conchu. Um, but then you've got the other Egyptian god who fights him at the end. Yeah, whose name I cannot remember, even yeah. though it was mentioned far too many times. Yeah. Um, now, from what I remember, that one is a bit more like an Egypt act like how you'd expect an Egyptian god to be yeah um, right. mm. but I also thought yeah so I, did, I, I didn't understand why um, so I, I understood that Conchu how and when he took over Mark's body Mark is the soldier isn't he so yeah, Mark's the mercenary, yeah, and yeah. Um, Stephen is the is the English um, um, strange yeah. one. Let's but say I, I still don't know how where the link is there in terms of why did um, Stephen take over the body of Mark or have a split personality with Mark? Uh, I oh, this was explained. Uh, I would say reasonably badly in that f- in that fifth or sixth episode, isn't it? Where Mark is actually the original, but um, uh, he forms Stephen as a like as a protection barrier against right. all the abuse that he's had. But then it's at times where his personality, like it, never comes across this way, and I don't know why, like. Why is Stephen able to take control at times when his personality is ultimately weaker than Mark's at the best at the best given moment? Mm. Like, surely you would, your dominant personality in that situation would be the one that takes hold most of the time. But actually, it seems like Mark is a passenger half the time, and I don't really understand it. So it was actually Mark that um, he lived the life as the mercenary. Yeah. Yeah. But at what point did he turn back into Stephen? I don't know. Like this is the weird thing about it. So it says in episode. So what it explains in episode five is that you know Mark is Mark is the person. He's the one that's had all the traumas happen to him. So the brother dying and the mum abusing him and all of that. Um, that moment where she tries to break down the door and beat him, basically, let's say, because you don't see anything. He then forms Stephen to hide himself away from that abuse. Mm. Um, but then there's things that happen throughout his life, I guess, where Mark takes control and does a load of things for weeks on end mm. and then turns back into Stephen. It's not really very well explained throughout this entire thing because even I'm struggling to keep up with this. Yeah. It's quite annoying. Like, this is this is what I mean. I don't really get it at all. Like, why is one dominant and the other weaker? 
like but one takes control of life generally mm. um, I have no idea unless the only thing you could say is that Mark had been through all this years of torment abuse and all of that that actually he didn't want to be the dominant personality anymore and why does um, he so he chains himself to his bed doesn't he yes he does why does he only do that at night um probably another thing that's not very well explained but more than likely what was happening before the events of the first episode is that he would have he would probably go wandering at night did you ever watch the film donnie darko no oh right well this is going to be more difficult to explain then so in the film donnie darko there are moments where he blacks out and he sort of just appears like in the middle of in the morning like in the middle of nowhere so I think at one moment he sleepwalks and he ends up on the middle like on a golf course. Mm. So I think it's something to do with that is that he probably has had moments in his life where he's gone to bed and then for some reason or another Mark has come out overnight, done a load of stuff and then sort of just changed during the night and then yeah passed out and sort of gone to sleep and then just appeared in the middle of like who the hell knows where sort of like what happens in that first episode where he appears in that really weird village yeah yeah like he blacks out and i think that's it's the way of trying to say it's either mark taking control or mark as moon knight sort of killing a load of people and he doesn't want him to know Mm. but like i said once of those not also not explained very well yeah because yeah, like, so, fair enough, he might go and turn into Mark and go and do some stuff, and then um, he'd be in the middle of nowhere, like we saw did happen to him, and, like, that was, I think that was the reason why he ended up being late for one of his dates. Yeah, by two um, days. Yeah. So, but, so he changes himself to his bed. Mm-hmm. Whilst he's asleep, he could still t- turn into Mark. The only difference is that he can't get out of his room but how but he still manages it it? yeah he still manages to wake up as um, Stephen but he could still Mm -hmm. turn into Mark and just like there's no explanation as to why um, he couldn't last for days just sat in his in his own apartment chained to the bed as Stephen yeah and then like he won't be able to keep his job as the um, the gift shop person because he he could be asleep, turning Stephen for a week, and miss all his shift, and then turn into Mark. He thinks he's just got got up again the next morning. Yeah. Um, but really, he's been away for a week. The only difference yeah, that... is that he's stayed in his room as a, as opposed to um, being able to get out. True. Yeah. I mean, the only time that you really see this is obviously when he misses his date, he's two days late for it, and still don't understand why she's like, it's two days later. Yeah, okay, he's been, she's been stood up, you can get that. But she's like, she's such a dick about it, it's so, yeah. like, horrific. Like, the the thing that, that, that really stood out in episode one for me was that no matter who you are, like, in this in this entire episode... If you're walking around as Stephen Grant, everyone hates you for no particular reason other than the fact that you're a little bit weird. Mm. 
Like, everyone hates him. Like, his boss is the biggest dick in the world. Like, the security guard thinks he's a nutter. Like, mm. that person tells him to lose their number after standing him up for two days. Like, <laughs> nobody is this horrible to a person for no reason. Mm. It's it's a little bit cartoonish and a bit stupid. But, yeah, yeah I, I, I see your point as well. Is like, where does he, like... He could just sit, be sat in his room for like two days as Stephen chained up, not really knowing what the hell's going on. Like, how does he even have a job in the first place if yeah. he always misses these shits? Like, yeah. how does he, like, how does he have an apartment like, if he's not going to work and paying his bills and all that? I don't get that <laughs> either. Mm. Ah, it's just also why is it that he's an American but he's now living in London and uh, has a British accent and all that? It's just weird. Um, yeah, another thing is to say it's a superhero show, very little of it is him being Moon Knight. Yeah, you have that glimpse at the end of episode one, don't you? Then a little bit of two. Then he just disappears for a while. Then he's Mr. Knight for some reason at some point in episode three, I think it is. Hmm. Then most of four, like, he's out of commission. Five, they're they're the personality split for the first time in physical embodiment to travel like um the plane the plane after life basically and then they come together and he's switching between moon knight and mr knight in the final episode and it's like what yeah and it doesn't make sense to me why both versions of them are strong yeah, that makes no sense to me. Why is it that Mr. Knight eventually becomes really strong towards the end? Hmm. Why is it that, like... I think he was to begin with, I can't remember. He probably was, and it's probably like... They share a consciousness, so they share abilities, and they share strengths and weaknesses, so I get that. But it's sort of like... They have this moment where I think... Uh, I think it is on the boat, isn't it? In the, in the fifth episode, where they're where I think it's Mark who says to Stephen, he's like, you can do this, you have this inside you, or something mm. sort of like that, and it feels very cliched and very typical and to the point, you know. But I, I guess it was the point of, like, yeah, this shared consciousness means that we share abilities, so you have the ability to be able to do exactly what I do too. Mm. But why do they have different costumes? Yeah, I don't know that. And then there was a moment where, um, after he's been fr like frozen in the the sea of the dead souls or whatever, oh um, yeah, he like the Mark gives him his heart, like puts his heart yeah. in his hand, and then they both become alive again. That's nonsense. Hmm. Yeah, because I have an issue with this, right? So he jumps off the boat. And it's, it's specifically stated in the rules of that, that the minute you touch that, you're going to get stopped. Yeah. Like, your soul is therefore bound to that sand. But yet, Mark is able to march quite a long way from the boat to catch up to Stephen to then give him the heart before he then changes. That's next to impossible. Like, don't set your rules down in dialogue if you are then going to go and break your own rules. Yeah. <laughs> This is oh god, this is laughable. <laughs> you, you mentioned earlier about you thought some of um, 
Oscar Isaac's performance was a bit cartoonish. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. Like, um, I think any time that he's on screen as Stephen, he is this cartoonish, just over the top, ridiculous, like, like ridiculous, complete imbecile. Hmm. But but yet he becomes the most terrifying thing in the world. Like when he is Mark Spector and Moon Knight. And it is such a tonal shift between the two that it just, it becomes like, it is like a cartoon villain at times. Um, am I right in saying that the power of Moon Knight is, as we see him from when he, his body gets taken over by Kondu? Uh, yeah. And that's why, that's how he gets his powers. What? Essentially, yeah. So he's ba- so I think the the main premise is it is that a long, long time ago, that a bunch of uh, Egyptian gods would want to roam roam the planet forever in some respects, and the only way to do it was to find a champion worthy of doing their bidding. Hmm. And this has been going on for thousands of years. Yeah. Um. So they're essentially like a physical embodiment of the gods of Egypt, and, and obviously each god has different powers. So Conchu has is the god of the moon, meaning he can. You see a small, gr- brief glimpse of his powers at times, where he was able to move the, um, change the the solar system or the, the star pattern to how it was two thousand years ago. Yeah, and cool visual aside, like why yeah like, um, well, why? And, and if they've been doing this for generations why yeah. what have they been doing all this time uh i i don't know because like it just, it just feels like they're just taking out like like otherworldly entities and that's it it's like just sort of feels like a bad parody of hellboy at this point yeah well what do you know what the motive of the villain is? Not a clue. Yeah, I don't know. Just wants to resurrect a, a god of some sorts that uh brings about chaos, I guess, or the the I, I don't know. <laughs> I I really don't know. Yeah, and then I don't know what how that then ties into the motive of Kondu. Uh, d- no idea. Yeah. Also, not not sure why Lila then needs to take another another god's power for that time as well. Mm. I I just that costume like let's talk about that costume as well because I think I, that looks so blatantly CG like all the costumes in this. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like every single costume has the ability to be cool. If it wasn't, if it wasn't looked like it was made in in photoshop about five minutes before production Mm. it's some of them are appalling um can we talk about that character that was revealed at the end of episode four and then is a mainstayer in episode five the hippo the 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 hippo god yeah because that looked ridiculous (laughs) like like I saw, like annoyingly enough, and this is a problem I have with Disney Plus is they give away a lot of spoilers mm. through those title cards, and I think that was raised in another Marvel-related podcast that we won't mention here because they're technically rivals. But <laughs> you know, they did say something quite similar, and it is bloody annoying because that's all I saw of Moon Knight ever since it came out. 
Mm. And I've been sitting there wondering, it's like, what the hell is this giant hippo character supposed to be? Yeah, and again, it's another case of it's acting like a 21st century being. Yeah, just doesn't act like the 2004 or 3 or 4, however how old they are, yeah. does not act like a god that, in yeah, any way. Don't get me wrong, I did think that the hippo did offer some comedy value in a series of very little comedy value. It did make me look, have a small chuckle a couple of some of its lines but yeah okay, it did look I, I ridiculous mean, and just I, wouldn't <laughs> it got a chuckle out of you yeah wow. I, can't remember, I can't remember what it said okay now, okay right, fair enough like rolling on the floor and fit in a fit of laughter but no no of course <laughs> not but wow like the fact that it got a chuckle is clearly a success in some degree because i found <laughs> it more annoying than anything <laughs> it was so jarring <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it's jarring. Like, yeah. All right, massive walking plot device. It was like, okay, I'm just going to explain everything you need to know. Like, so okay, because the audience are like, I'm, I'm going to be savage here and just say because the audience are complete idiots. Like, we need to feel like we explain it to everybody because we haven't explained it very well in the previous four episodes. Yeah, it just it just felt dumb. It felt it felt like to me they were like they backed themselves into a corner. Like they were like, all right, we're gonna end this episode in a really cool way where someone someone's gonna get shot and they're probably gonna die and then they're gonna come back to life. Cool idea. All right, it's been done a thousand times, but they tried. But this this character is just a walking plot device. It just tells you what you need to do and what you where you need to go and how you need to learn. And it's like. What's the point of this trial then? Because they're not going to learn anything if they're told it. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, the the character of Moon Knight as well. I don't. It didn't. Like, I don't really see how he would tie into the MCU. Um, it didn't. Re- it didn't seem like. Um, even though it is a Marvel character, it didn't like really come across to me as a Marvel character. No, not at all. And I just don't really see him as a superhero. No, neither do I. Like, what what difference is there between... What differentiates him as being a superhero from those other Egyptian gods that have um, taken over the bodies of people? I have no idea. I don't think anything differentiates differentiates them away from being, like, other Egyptian gods. I think... Yeah, because he's, he's, he's got the whole, like, as you mentioned about, like, moving the stars through the sky, but, um, all right, okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is that, is that, like, it's not exactly, like, going to win you a fight, is it? Not particularly, no. You, you got, you got a cool boomer, like, spiky boomerang on your chest, I guess. Oh, yeah. Like, the shape <laughs> like a moon. Cool. You can stab people with it. You can throw it at people. I mean, it's just Batman's battering. That's all it is. Mm. I mean, look, it was explained to us in that call like a long time ago, and I quite like the premise of it. Like I said, is that it's essentially it was Marvel's answer to Batman, and when it was explained to me like that, I had high expectations for the series, and I sort of was thinking. 
that's kind of cool. Like, we're just going to see this this guy just taking on the criminal underworld like we've seen with Daredevil and, you know, Peter Parker and all that. But just in a slightly different way. Maybe scaling, like, the rooftops of Cairo or wherever. That would have been cool. Hmm. Not this absolute load of crap that we did get. Because yeah. this is just completely nonsensical. Yeah. He just... He just fights people like yeah. sure he's good at fighting but it doesn't make sense that in a just because he's an Egyptian god like his and his main power is the whole moon thing yeah but why has he also got these powers to fight oh well the only thing that he does say is actually he wants to take out the, the, the worst of the worst of people in the world like murderers mm. rapists and all that sort of thing and I was like yeah isn't that kind of what every other superhero is already doing? Hmm. Like, surely at this point you know who the Avengers are. You're like, okay. But I, I still just don't understand where this actually fits in with the MCU as well. Which hmm. is why I think I made sure I brought that point up in the trivia where it said that he wasn't signed on, like, contractually obliged to return after this. Hmm. I think it starts to show it was sort of like... Well, we need something for Phase 4. We need something for Disney+. Plus. So let's just give them something. And that's sort of what it feels like to me. It just sort of feels like this is kind of a stopgap between the next big thing. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, like, it will be interesting to see if he ever does return. In any part of, of me future. hopes he does to some degree because I, I think Oscar Isaac is a good actor and I really enjoy some of his portrayals of characters that he's played in the past mm. you know um, god why am I blanking on the film Jesus oh Ex Machina he's yeah, fantastic yeah. in Ex Machina yeah I really weird creepy performance that could have been could have been emulated in some respects here in like with a split personality character like he could have had one that was completely like over the top psychotic, and the other one that was so mild mannered that it would never hurt a fly, you know. And I think that's what they were kind of trying to go for, but they just they didn't deliver on either, and they're both sort of just very cookie cutter as a result. And I'm not going to put this completely down to Oscar Isaac's because I think a lot of this is down to the script, the dialogue, the um the set pieces that they're they're involved in as well and it's just it's just completely all over the place and it, it uh, this yeah, is for a, me it's so highly disappointing as a result considering as, as a premise it's quite strong hmm. yeah and um yeah as i said earlier i, I actually thought his portrayal of both characters was was well done in terms of them feeling distinctly different um, mm -hmm. But I get understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's just yeah, I I I agree with you that they're you know portrayed like two different characters at least, which is good. You know, for a for a character for an, an actor like Oscar Isaac, it's good because it shows his range, and I'm I'm pleased for that to some degree. It's just a bit too cartoony for me at certain periods where, and a lot of it is just so bafflingly stupid that you can't take away from that mm. no uh any good actor can make <laughs> can make something decent but you know 
with what they've got in terms of their talent. But if your story and your script are all over the place, you can't help that at all. Mm. Uh, do you want to, shall we wrap this up then? I, I, look, I don't think there's much else that we could no. we can do to sort of poop all over this one, can we? No. So do you want to go first on the ratings? I think I know where this is going to be. Yeah, I'd give this... Uh, uh, I'd probably give it a 0. 0.5. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, should, should we explain the reason? <laughs> or, um, or have we done enough of yeah, that I think we're, Yeah, I think people are pretty clear on, on that. Okay, well, to no surprise, I'm giving this a complete dead zero. Like, <laughs> this is... I can't give not this... Even, not even, like, a 0.25 for the music. Fine. Okay, a 0.25 for certain cues in the music and Oscar Isaac's performance. Other than that, it is the worst thing I think I will ever see in the MCU. And I really hope I don't have to eat those words. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Because so far, and... If there's anything worse than this, I'm not going to be able to finish it. No, I don't think I can. (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, we'll just have to do a quick quick episode. And probably a good thing that we decided to change the format to not covering the full series like, yeah, yeah, yeah. in in a couple of episodes like, over the course yeah, of three episodes thank goodness for that I couldn't have done this over six weeks yeah but whilst whilst we're here though because we haven't really had a wrap up at all um, let's just talk briefly about phase four as a whole because uh, mm-hmm. I think I think the thing is we're getting very close towards the end. Obviously, we're going to have a major wrap-up towards that because we've got a lot to cover with a few people who will want to join us. But I just want to know your general thoughts of Phase 4 as a whole compared to the other phases. It's definitely the poorest phase. Yeah. Um, and I think that would be the case even if it was just the films that was focusing on. Oh, God, yeah. The films have been really weak as well to a certain degree. Yeah, um, I think, um, or maybe I'd, if it was purely judging it on the films, I'd probably maybe have it along like, of equal quality as Phase One. Mm, I, I, yeah, maybe I would say. Like, I think from what I've I seen think, so far, anyway. Because well, still yeah, you, I think you were more positive on Shang Chi. I think more yeah. than I was. I enjoyed certain elements of it, but there were certain things that sort of. I didn't gel with as much as you did Mm. like Black Widow I think we both resoundingly agreed that we were not fans of that at all Mm. oh Um, yeah Eternals was bad and Eternals was I thought was going to be the worst thing we see in in Phase 4 and I was well let's just say very surprised to see this one as (laughs) piss poor as it was Um, yeah the series themselves have been I think have been the biggest disappointment for me to, to, to a degree yeah, it's like, I did enjoy uh, quite a lot. Um, the, sorry, what uh, was it called? Hawkeye. Hawkeye, yeah, I did enjoy yeah. that a lot. Um, we both did, yeah. surprisingly. But yeah, the others really drag it down. Yeah, I think everything that we've seen so far has not been has quite has been quite scathing in terms of the. Um, whether or not it's it's whether or not Marvel even have a plan going into this or did they sort of 
just have a rough idea, kind of like what they were doing with the the first phase. Yeah, because there's been nothing between any of them that have really connected, other than um, Doctor Strange appearing in No Way Home. Yeah, that's the only thread that we've sort of had that connects the two. Yeah, because like through phases one to three, there's the whole Infinity Stones, and that that connects the, all the films together. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing. Each of these just feels like a standalone film. Yeah, because you would or sort of sure show. Yeah, you would sort of understand that really, unless when when it comes to the post credit scenes of like Shang Chi, you wouldn't even think it's a Marvel film until they actually meet up with certain characters throughout the film and in the end it's like well you have an appearance of Wong cool and Abomination alright cool okay now it's a, now it's a Marvel film because this post credit scene shows her with like shows them with Hulk and um, uh, Captain Marvel and they're trying to identify the rings it's like okay so yeah let's just let's just make sure that people remember this is part of the MCU shall we hmm. and that's sort of what it feels like to me it's, it's like just remember, we've got this MCU here, everyone. You know, don't forget about us now that we've blown all over with the Infinity Saga. Yeah. You know, it just... Look, it, this is not giving me any any real wants to... I'm not going to say, like, not wanting to continue because of the podcast. I do. Like, I've genuinely enjoyed all the Marvel stuff, which is why, obviously, we decided to start doing this, is that you'd never seen them, and I had, and I really enjoyed them and you were wanting to sort of see why people enjoyed them. But it's becoming a slog now. Mm. Like, there's so many things to cover, and I think they're spreading themselves way too thin. Mm. Uh, it's okay. like, yeah, it was like the first two phases themselves, they were great, they were focused, they were understanding what they were. They were supposed to be good entry points into into cinema and, you know, the comics for the, like you know, introductions to the characters for the comic books and all that, whilst also being very entertaining. But this has gone so far away from what that original vision was, I think. And I think at this point, I think, you know, it's, for want of a better better excuse, it's just to fill numbers on Disney Plus at this point, I think. Hmm. Yeah. But... I guess we'll wrap up phase four once we're finally finished with it. So um, we're having a little bit of a change next episode. Did you want to sort of explain that one for the the listeners? Uh, sorry, I forgot <laughs> what the change is. <laughs> so as we record this, we're coming up towards the, uh, the, the end of November. So we're going to be moving very, very swiftly towards the Christmas period. And in a change to the regular scheduling, uh, we've actually decided to cover a later Phase Four uh, property that's come out recently oh, because yeah. of its so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because of its uh, subject nature. So we are going to cover next the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which okay comes later on down Phase Four, but it's fine. We just wanted to put something Christmas related out for you because we missed the chance with Hawkeye. Yeah, <laughs> so. Uh, Kurt, do you want to let everyone know where they can find us, yourself, and uh, send your hate comments? Because we're going to get a few, I think. Yeah, it's uh, at angry underscore Kurt and uh, at neverwatchers, um, which is where we also post when a new episode drops. 
and yeah send us any uh, any feedback to there or any of the I'm sure you know us on some of the discords as well mm-hmm so um, some of the discords we're in Rapid Reviews UK uh, Modern Escapism and uh, WTF uh, uh, can never can never remember what the acronym is but D- WTF yeah, De- yeah D- Debbie Punk's podcast sorry yeah WTF yeah I D- who cares Y W cool I'll post it in the show notes I guess <laughs> <laughs> so uh if you wanted to contact me i'm on twitter at pbeckett one spelled b-e-c-k-a-e-t-t and the number one also we've got an email which is uh never watches podcast at gmail.com i will check it again if you want to send any feedback through so like i said um we are covering the guardians of the galaxy holiday special next but uh until then we will uh we will keep plugging away for you so you <clears> may not have to we're we're enjoy the crap like this. Goodbye, everyone. All right. All right.